Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk show with me, Barry Holmes. And we are here live today on Valentine's Day, a nice Friday evening. So I definitely want to thank everyone out there for spending their Valentine's Day with your boy, Barry. Um, shout out to everybody out there that, you know, are celebrating with their significant others. You know, I talked about it earlier on my, um, on my Twitter about how you definitely have to appreciate the support systems around you. And for a lot of people out there on this day especially, you know, their support systems are that spe special person that has a significant other. So, you know, all across Facebook and all the time, you know, you see a lot of people, you know, professing their love to each other. And, you know, it's definitely awesome to see. And I'm definitely happy to, you know, that everybody, a lot of my friends out there have a day to celebrate with their significant other. <clears throat> now, for me on this end... This is probably one of my first ones in a long time being a single person. And I've really, you know, instead of, you know, trying to appreciate that other person or that support system that might be someone else, you know, for me personally, I've really just tried to focus on, you know, appreciating myself and understanding that, you know, I still am pretty dope. You know, um, one of the funny things that Say had said to me a while back that still always uh, resonates with me. So shout out to Say. But he said, you know, Barry, don't ever forget, you're still wavy, bro. And, you know, that's something that I always, you know, carry with me. And, you know, if there's ever some time where I'm a little bit down or, you know, I always just try and focus and remember that, yo, I'm still wavy. So don't worry about it. Right. So um, I'm just really excited to, to come through here on this Valentine's Day and give you all a great episode of the Talk That Talk show. Um, one of the things that I really wanted to shout out was one of my friends also in the bowling alley yesterday, and he's a real cool dude who we met here at Majestic uh, since we transferred to the new bowling league, and it w I was really just blown away at the fact that, you know, here we are in the bar, and he, you know, tells me that he's, you know, watched the last three, four episodes of my show, and he's, you know, quoting different things that I said, and it just really made me happy because it's, you know, it just validates, like I think Harry DeMarco said on the episode last time, but it just validates all the hard work and all the effort that you put in. So, you know, for me, I was just super excited to have someone that was so excited to tell me that, you know, they enjoyed certain things of the podcast and how they can't wait for this one for today. And that's what just keeps you pushing through, man. Um, we got seven people here on our Facebook live stream right now. John Zapata, Billy Murray, Ethan Bayer. Brent Sweeney, Jeff Farrell, John Zapata. So um, I'm just really excited to have you all there with me on the live stream. For everyone else out there that's going to be joining in soon, um, you can always check out our full-length episodes at Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and then also our YouTube channel. I think we're getting close to 20 subscribers there, so remember... You can always check out our full-length episodes on YouTube and like it, subscribe it, please. We always want to see everybody out there subscribing because, you know, it's really been, how could I say, it's been very humbling to see how this has grown just from the first episode to now we're going on close to 50, you know, and now we're getting to the point where we're having different guests on the show and giving you more of the content that you want to hear. Um, before I came on this show today, a couple people had posted some things in the Facebook thread as far as what they want to hear on the show. So I hope, hopefully we'll be able to tackle those with my special guest, who I'm just now about to have here and invite on the show. 
Um, I'm really pumped to, to bring him here on this show. He's uh, a guy who I came up here in the sports industry with. Um, really awesome guy. I've spent you know a lot of time with him talking outside of the sports world as well, too. So I'm super, super excited to bring this guy here on the show. Everyone out there, whether you're listening in Bangkok, whether you're listening in Idaho, please give a big, warm welcome to my really good friend, Bobby O'Hara. <laughs> Ooh, what's up? How you feeling, Bobby? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Let's do this. Yeah, it was finally yeah. good to have you here on the show, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, I stopped by, crack a beer, talk some <laughs> sports. I'm always down, right? Oh, yeah, man. So... One of the things that uh, I know that you do now, you know, since you've been working with Pure Sports New York, is you have been working with MLB.com. So you can, can you kind of a little bit talk to us about what you do at MLB.com? Well, now I'm over at NHL. I was with MLB. Um, and over there, we did the highlights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we cut all the different baseball highlights throughout the year. So, like, over the summer, you know, you do all the... Uh, all the extended recaps, all the game recaps, all the different highlight reels, the pitching reels, all that stuff um, that goes into a game night. And now I'm doing the same type of stuff over at NHL. Um, and, you know, it's been great. It's been great. Working in sports, you mm-hmm. like what you do, um, and it, that's what wakes you up in the morning, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, you have your loved ones at home, and you, that's what keeps you going. But at the same time, your job is great. And when you love your job, then you have both things going for you. So. Oh, man. We, and we talk about that all the time as far as trying to do the things that you love and do the things that you find that you're really passionate about. So, you know, at what point, Bobby, was it that you really found out that you were passionate about that you wanted to, do, you know, cover sports? Dude, like, we all grow up playing sports, right? I yep. mean, like, whether it's in the backyard growing up or, you know, you're at the school and then you start doing team activities. But then, like, not all of us are so athletic and able-bodied and blessed to eventually go pro mm-hmm. and go finish your career and make money doing it. So, you know, you stay around it as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I fell in love with editing and film and movies, creating movies and all that stuff. So I was like, how do you mix that together? And sports editing just became, like, my thing. Mm. So, you know, being behind the camera, you're you're with me. Yep. Barrett, you're with me on Sundays for the Giants home games and stuff, you know. You're up in the press box living the, the life of luxury. <laughs> Yo, he's always <laughs> gassing because when we come into uh, Giants Stadium, I'll always say, all right, Bobby, I'm going to see you out there on the field pregame. And he's like, yeah, sure. You got to go eat your, your three-course meal before you come out while he's eating hot dogs in the, in the photo photo room. But, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I get the front row view for sure. But, I mean, once winter hits, it's not fun. It's not fun anymore. Like, oh let me tell you, I, I would not mind being up in the cozy press box. Yeah. <laughs> We're eating our hot dogs, trying to stuff everything we within two minutes before halftime's over. You guys are up there in the warm, cozy seat. And it's funny because, you know, we're always like, it's very time pressure sensitive when we're talking about, you know, doing game time decisions and do it posting content. And we're always like under the gun and trying to get that content out. So I'll be rushing. I know I got about five or six minutes. I'll call Bobby. Bobby, where do I meet you? Uh, can I can I get that SD disc so I can put it in the computer and upload stuff? But um, it's always just been a fun time covering games with you. And yeah, I'm same. really I'm really looking forward to you know the um, upcoming NFL season. And yeah. you know that my Chiefs got the dub, man. Yeah, yeah, we are I was super happy bo- for you. I never. I didn't, yeah, I haven't seen you since then. But yeah, no, absolutely. That was great. Now, I know that the Giants, that, that is our team, so we got to talk a little bit about them. I mean, do we have to, I guess? But, you know, what do you think is, like, 
what from what we saw all year from the Giants, you know, from the games that we covered, you know, what what was your synopsis of how last year went for the Giants? Uh, I'm, last year was kind of I feel like uh, the management didn't have the team on the field that they want to envision, and yeah. I think it's hard for. You know, Giants fans who are just your casual fans that just tune in once in a while and they're like, this team's terrible. But, you know, I do think that the Giants do have a vision. Yeah. Now, your Chiefs ran into a team in the playoffs that I actually thought might give them a really big run for their money at the end there, and that was the Tennessee Titans. Oh, yeah. And I think that the Giants want to be a version of the Tennessee Titans in their own way, where mm. they want to bring back that pounding ground with Saquon but run them behind a strong line and have a defense. And I think that's what Gettleman brought, wants to bring to this team. Yeah. But he's got the young quarterback, rookie year. It's tough when you're learning on, on the run like that, you know. Mm. Um, and you, d- you just didn't seem to have the pieces on the defense, on the back end, mm-hmm. and on the front end, on the offensive line. They just they don't have all the pieces there yet, but I think they have a vision, and I can see it. But – you know, it's going to take some time building through the draft and that. So we'll Oh, see. yeah. And and that's the, the toughest thing. And that's why I think that a lot of the executives in the NFL don't really get enough credit as mm. far as doing the drafting because I think in the NBA, if you get a guy and you miss, look at the Knicks with mm. like Frank Nilakina, And he's been someone that hasn't exactly lived up to his expectations right. per se. But you have so much wiggle room or years of uh, leeway with these type of picks. In the NFL, it's like you almost yeah. have only one year to get it right. And if this guy is not working, you know, do you really want to spend that money on that project? You know, And that's the thing. It's become such a league where it's a now league. It's yes. a give, it's a give me it now league. I mean, look at Mahomes. He sat a year. People don't believe it or not, he did yeah. sat sit a year. Alex and Smith And whether, whether that was supposed to happen or not, because they had Alex Smith, who was actually a good quarterback at the time. Yeah. But... They didn't rush him in. You know, Rodgers wasn't rushed in. A lot of these guys weren't rushed in, and we're becoming such a league where we want the quarterback position to be now. We want to know right away that this is the next Patrick Mahomes or we're going to throw him out. I mm-hmm. mean, you see guys around the league all the time. Look at Bridgewater. Yeah. You know, Bridgewater, we didn't give enough time to, maybe some would say. So, yeah. and now well, injuries kinda, definitely and now, played a part in that, but, too. And now he's getting another run in it, though. Yeah, you know, there were there were the few years where people were getting ready to get rid of him. You know? Yeah, a lot of people signed off Teddy Bridgewater, and I think that that's the thing that you speak a lot about is that quarterback position and just how much that you really need right. that quarterback. And with having Patrick Mahomes and the league kind of transitioning more into that finesse passing mm-hmm. league, right? That's why I think teams like San Francisco and like you mentioned, the Tennessee Titans mm-hmm. are just so devastating because especially when we saw in that Super Bowl game with the 49ers of how they were just so... They designed the run so mm-hmm. well. You had Debo Samuels coming off mm-hmm. the end rounds, and you had those smash route you know, runs. Right. But I feel like when we were watching those Giants games, a lot of those runs with Saquon were very, very predictable. You didn't yeah. really see... I mean, when Odell Beckham was with the Giants, mm-hmm. you saw some of those jet sweep option stuff. But I feel like the run game for the Giants has just been a little bit predictable. And especially when you get down in the late game situations where you have to run the football, right. that's where the Giants have gotten into big issues, especially mm-hmm. when you're coming back from so far down. Yeah, and it seems like uh, when you talk to people on the field, you hear different things in your ear it's a lot mm-hmm. of whispers it's, it's give or take but a lot of the same things that people were whispering um around the Giants last year it's the whole Saquon thing is you know yeah he doesn't have a great line but you know what I think they have a better line than than a lot of the league yeah. at the end of the day you know you see some of these other running backs doing just fine but I think it's also about 
how much you're giving them the ball and when you're giving them the ball. And I seem, and like you said, with the whole tempo mm-hmm. and what timing they're giving them the ball, I think it's, you give a running back the ball a few times in a row, he starts getting in a rhythm. Yeah. And I think last year you saw where he wasn't really able to get in that rhythm because they weren't feeding him it consistently in yeah. a row. And I feel like they gave up on it too 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 fast in some games. Mm-hmm. And then some games they just never included him. Or you have the Dallas game, for example, the very first game of the season, I think it was, where they were down in Dallas, and he was doing okay. Yeah. And then they just somehow abandoned the run completely. So I think... My problem with a lot of the Shermer offense last year was just, it was like, what are you doing? Things are working, and then you go away from it. And then sometimes it's like, why don't you try getting something going with the kid? Yeah. And then they go away from it. So, And, and I think you definitely talk about, you know, how can I say, just that sustainability of drives, you know? Yeah. And if you don't have that run game, right. I'll tell you, especially where that hurt the Giants was definitely in their red zone efficiency. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times did we see them drive down the field and just settle for mm-hmm. field goals? And if you see in this league where you have Patrick Mahomes who's putting up 50 points yeah. a game, if not, you know, it's going to take more than just punching mm-hmm. in field goals to try and win games mm-hmm. in the NFL. And one of the things that you also talked about was, you know, trying to get that vision of getting these young guys and getting them the right draft picks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you actually had a very good opportunity in going into the Senior Bowl. So can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yeah, we. Um, I was graciously to have the opportunity to go down to the Senior Bowl with a friend of mine. Um, with a shout con- out to Emery Hunt. Sham- yeah, shout out to Emery Hunt for yeah. um, football game plan. And uh, he got us down there to get some uh, – shots and we kind of did like our we're, me and my other friend are actually working on it right now we'll show you guys a feature when it's done we're working on a senior ball feature um we went down there and we got some great opportunity to see some of these players up mm. close and you see and we wrote this in the, in the feature that that's coming out okay you see that while everyone else is home you know watching to see who's going to make the super bowl you see how important other events are going beyond the Super Bowl. So you're seeing all the important guys are actually down in Bama mm. for the Senior Bowl that week. Yeah. While most people are watching, um, you know, Championship Weekend. Yeah. All these other guys, these GMs, these managers, they're, they're all down in Bama watching to see who's going to be on the team next year. Well, we that's, did see Belichick with his five rigs, and right? He's down, and he was so Belichick was down there, and he was talking to Saban. He was he was sitting right next to Saban. Wow. Um, people but, saw that. Pictures even came out on that. So these guys are talking to each other. We saw Marino was talking to uh, a few of the head coaches down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you see which head coaches are there and attending, and you see some of these other guys that are either back at the hotel watching tape and from there, whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see, like, some of these guys, where they're going to go and who's scouting them, and people are looking now. Like, pe- like be- it's not even the Combine, mm-hmm. and this is already being looked at. And I think, it like... Combine is one thing. You tell me how you are on the Combine. Mm-hmm. But it's it's one of those things where the Combine for me has always been, okay, you've shown it now with all your – it's more about showing off your athleticism. Definitely. Me, I'm more of a tape guy. I'm more of a game guy. I want to know – What do you, you do in a game can you situation? you beat me in a one-on-one in a game when a yeah. guy's got his freaking hands on you and he's trying to rip your shoulder this way so you can get off the line of scrimmage? Mm-hmm. I want to see that. I want to see more of that than how you're just r- running your routes with no one in front of you. Oh, yeah. So that's a great opportunity for the seniors – and, you know, the guys who finished four years of college to go and, and, and show that before the draft. So. Yeah. Now, in that senior bowl, you know, was there anybody that really stuck out to you? Or was there somebody that was like, wow, yeah. I can see this guy as like a top five pick maybe? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I said it going in. I think the, the person, the one player that had the most opportunity to move up 
his draft stock mm-hmm. was Jordan Love, the okay, quarterback Jordan from Love. Utah State. Okay. Um, I think he had a chance of, if this went bad, he falls into the second round, um, late first round. But if it went well and he performed well, I think he can get himself into the top 15 easy because I think the Colts are there. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if things go right, you know, you still got Panthers. Don't You still don't know about that. You still have no idea. Does Cam come back? You know, no one knows what that situation is. Um, the Chargers, the Raiders. Yeah. You know, you look at all the teams that need quarterbacks. There's definitely a chance that Jordan Love becomes a guy now who's just available and he's top 15. Yeah. You know, and I think he did well down there. I will say I'll go on top of that and say that I actually thought he did really well. I know there were reports coming out all about Herbert, all about how and, – and here's my thing about Herbert. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bash a guy because – I think he did fine. I think he gave you what you expected. Yes. But the thing was, I just think there was so many reports coming out, and if you're not down there, you know, you're just believing all this crap that people are putting out. And I didn't. Herbert is so new school NFL, which I see why people like, because he has such a straight pass where it's great for slot pass and all this stuff. But Definitely. I just don't see the touch like Love. Yeah. I like the fact that Love can can arc that ball over the top, can take a little touch off of it. He's not trying to throw everything 100 miles an hour at you. Mm-hmm. When a guy's open the end zone, there's no need to freaking throw it at him 90 miles an hour, you know, and make it a hard catch. Definitely. Just, just lob it to the guy. You see a lot of times Russell Wilson does that. Just and lob it to the freaking guy. And that's what I like about Love is the fact that even though he doesn't have that mobel that mobility, mm. he see his he still seems to make those right reads. You know what I'm saying? In the yeah. in the film that I've seen on him, he's definitely made some tough throws into coverage yeah. and having to make that decision in pressure situations yeah. is something I could definitely see out of him. Now, there's one other person that I definitely want to ask you about because mm. for people that don't know, this guy is a huge Miami Dolphins uh. fan. All right. Mind you, we show up to Giants games to park in the parking lot, and this guy has his Dolphin sticker <laughs> on his car, man. This is how hardcore hey, he is, I told man. him I'm non-biased when it comes to covering the Giants, right? That is true. Hey. But um, a lot of people are asking, or a lot of people are saying that Tua might go to the Dolphins. My question to you, do you think he is going to go to the Dolphins? What will it take, and can he really save the Miami Dolphins? Uh, I gotta hold back my emotions on this whole Tua. Thing. It's, just, it's been like two years of just up and down roller coaster. You've been man. talking about Tua going to the I Dolphins mean, for a long time. I feel like I'm time. in a relationship with him. <laughs> on Valentine's Day, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you gotta send him the invite. Um, I'm thinking about you, Tua. I really am. It's Valentine's Day. No, um, look, I'll say this. Uh, this is a guy that you know I watched in college and. I have people, I'm not kidding you, I have people like, it's crazy how like one one side or the other you are on this guy. Yeah. Um, and I think that's good, because I think if you're one side or the other, you're a boom or bust type of guy, but you know what? There's a chance that if you boom, you're better than anyone else in this class. And oh, that's yeah. how I feel about Tua at quarterback. Mm. I think if he does stay healthy, he is a boom. And I think that it's a it's an absolute boom. I think it's your next Russell Wilson. I think it's your next, next uh, Drew Brees type of guy. I think that's what you compare him to. I think a lot of people compare him like that. He's kind of like a left-handed breeze, but he yeah. moves around in the pocket like Russell Wilson when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, that might not come back as much, but I still think his arm is elite enough that he's still going to be a very solid quarterback for a franchise. But with Tua, it's like I said, it's I've had people where I'm in a gas station pulling up, and the one guy's a Dolphins fan, and I said, he said, "Oh, you're wearing a Tua shirt," and I said, "Yeah, I kind of, I really want him at this point," and he goes. 
I don't want that guy. I want Herbert. And I'm like, get out. Herbert. Of so I'm like, let me tell you this. Like, and I could be wrong on this. Everyone's wrong on quarterbacks. It's the NFL. You never know how people are gonna pan out. But I mean, if you give me a reason, and I and I'm consistent with everyone that I tell this conversation to. Mm-hmm. If you tell me the reason why you don't like Tua is because he has health concerns. It's because he has a glass hip, as people would say, or yeah. he's never gonna be healthy in the NFL. I will respect that opinion because it's 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 partially true. I hope it's not gonna happen, but it's true. That's a fair that's a fair take. Yes. But when people come at me and say, Have you seen his tape? Have you watched the games? It's all because he's on Bama. It's all because the receivers are better. And he'll tell you one thing. Mm-hmm. Herbert has a line where he's got so much time to throw. I've seen some of these games. Tua doesn't have that. Even even, it, even no, though he was getting pressure. Even though he has a good line, he's still playing guys that are going to get to the quarterback. So he doesn't have it's the, seconds, it's the SEC. They're known for the pass. So rush. just as much as he has talent on his team, he's got a lot of talent coming at him too. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you watch that LSU game. He had a half. Bro- he had a half broken ankle. Babe. He was a, he was playing on one foot. Definitely showed some five fortitude. touchdowns, I think it was, and over 400 passing yards. And the kid did it a lot of it from the pocket. Yeah. So don't come at me and tell me that this kid's tape is the reason why he's not going to do well in the NFL. Because if you watch the tape, in my opinion, he has almost the most pristine tape I've seen out of a lot of quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Maybe even comparable to, I would say, even Cam Newton coming out of Auburn. You know, because even though Tua didn't run the football maybe as much as a lot of people would have thought, yeah. I think that. We talk again about the new NFL model, and if you look at the what the uh, the people that won a lot of those mm-hmm. end of the year NFL awards, you yeah. have Patrick Mahomes who you know got the Super Bowl MVP. Right. You have MVP was Lamar Jackson. Right. Then you have the Offensive Rookie Player of the Year, which is now Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. So when you have Kyler Murray, who's that new, how can I say, a short guy? Because yeah. a lot of the knocks on him was totally. that he's not, he doesn't have the height. Totally. And we've been hearing that since what I Drew Brees. I'm you know? a short. I'm not. I'm not a huge guy that's gonna blow up like a tall. I'm not the size of a foul pole. But I'll yeah. tell you one thing. Like, I'm so tired of hearing it. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, there gets to a point where you're short to play quarterback, but. These guys that are coming out five nine, five ten, six athletes. Don't tell me this guy can't play quarterback. Yeah, because man. I've seen I've seen a lot of guys who are freaking six five that don't know what they're doing playing quarterback. <laughs> now, but, I mean, let's just be honest. <laughs> and at that point, it's just more like, obvious because you're not much bigger <laughs> in the pocket. So I'm seeing what you're doing, man. Uh, so dare, dare, dare we say how is Kirk Cousins getting so <laughs> much money? I mean, come you got on. tall guys out there. I mean, for a lot of times. People were saying that Ryan Tannehill wasn't somebody that should be doing or even yeah. getting a starting position. But, again, it all is based off of right team, right system. It's, but, again, talent. It's Valentine's you know? Day. And I know a lot of girls out there are like, the taller you are, the better you are. But you know what? <laughs> For all the short people out there, sometimes good things come in small packages, Barry. Oh. Right? That's all I'm saying. And that's how I feel about some of these quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah, he said good. Oh, man. Hail, hail to those people that are 5'9", five, 5'10", five, struggling to hit that six-foot barrier. Oh, right. man. Hey, shout out to everybody. <laughs> shout out to everybody on That's our right. Facebook Live. We got Shantae again, Terjeet, Sal Lavinia, Richard NG, Andres Martinez, Brian Scholar, John Hoffman, Jeff Renner, Nihir, Asa, Matt Kayumjin, you, you got everybody booming. Hey. Is it because you got your, your guns out here, Bobby? Is that what it is? I'll put them away. So it's funny. We'll, <laughs> we'll be, we'll, like I said, it'll be like September, October when, you know, the new season starts mm. for the NFL. And it'll be brisk. You know, it'll be enough to have on a sweater or, you know, something <laughs> nice. 
Bobby's coming out here with a shirt, T-shirt. I'm like, Bobby, are you not cold, man? Like, <laughs> I'm like, dang, man. Are the guns that make me no. want to go to the gym and go lift some weights, man, to stay warm, man? I'm like, sheesh, bro. But, you know, one of the things that I definitely wanted to ask you, one of the hot topics that we were asked about on our mm. Facebook live stream mm. yeah, what we got? was, what we got? did you actually get a chance to see the XFL? I, I saw it briefly, mm-hmm. briefly. Um. I didn't really see a whole I haven't watched the whole game, but I've sat down and I've seen a lot of the play across the league, so mm-hmm. I know what I'm looking at. Now, a lot of the things that really surprised me about it, though, Bobby, was the fact that a lot of people were watching the XFL game, even though you know you didn't get a chance. Yeah. I saw some of the numbers, and they were pretty high. <laughs> and I thought a really funny quote was that Johnny Manziel was asked to you know potentially be in the league, yeah. and he said he didn't want to be in a league that would fold midseason again, like I think was it the AAF that mm. just happened before. Mm. So do you think that this XFL is something that we're going to see last for this season, or do you think that it's a, te- uh, a thing that's going to fold again midseason? I, I don't have extreme confidence in it because mm-hmm. it's just so hard to, to beat out the NFL yeah. um, and how big it is. But they're definitely. It'd be a lie to say that football is not a something that people want to watch in America. That you know? is a fact. I mean, it's a huge sport, so people want to see contact football. Um, I just one. Um, I think they would have done better if they if they if they targeted college states. If that makes mm. sense. Can it's you that, can you talk a little bit about that more? What do you mean so by like, college like, states? Like I had a, I had a few people like come up with this the other day when we were at work, and and, and I, I completely agree with it. Okay. Um, shout out Matt Lafemina. Um, okay. But he brought up to me, and I, I completely agree with this take. They're targeting like major markets like New York, you know, Vegas or Cali or you know, major Dallas, cities like major yeah. cities. Um, what about putting a team like in Bama? Mm. Like where they're, where they're they don't have an NFL team. They got the college ball. Like what about those states where where they're they're college people? Mm. Maybe target those areas like and then, a Boise, or like something. a yeah, like a place that that wants a team. You know, yeah. a, a place that likes football and they, they they love their college football more than anything. But like give them else, give them something else to watch and go and go out and watch during yeah. the um after the college season. And right now it's just as much as the NFL. It's past the college season, so they don't else got nothing else going for them. So. You know, and there's other things going on in these major cities too now. Like yeah. you got hockey, you got basketball, you got these other things. So yeah, maybe if they ventured out into like that angle, I think it might succeed too. But um, as far as wh- how it's looking right now and the way that it's built, I think the AAFL. Was that what, that, I think it was that's some what, American like that. football. Yeah, it was horrible because I couldn't even say it right. That's, <laughs> that's, in my opinion, yeah. if I can't say, I didn't it, even watch a game. I mean, man. I can't say it right. You know, that's crazy. But um. That that lasted like not too long, but I don't like the backing of it. This, you know, Vince McMahon and all them. I think I think he has a certain amount of plan on how how long he's going to go with it. And I don't think he's going to, sh- even if it's failing, I don't think he's going to shut it down right away. I think I think he's going to try to continue to grow it. So well, I think the, the people running it, I would say this time, I think are more invested long term mm-hmm. than the last one. Well, I think the big thing about that is, and what you said, is they actually took their time. I remember mm-hmm. that we had the buildup or the hype around the right. XFL for about a year mm-hmm. or two, and they even went out and said, hey, we want to make sure that yeah. we get this right, so let's not right. release this. And we saw that the other team that, I mean, the other league that tried that yeah. failed and folded. So I think that with confidence and another thing that they did too is, you know, keep it limited. Had about 
I think it's like eight teams or something like that, right. or six teams. And I think when you keep things realistic like that and start it small and let it build from there, it definitely can lead for more sustainability of that league. Right. And I think when they also, if they take into perspective of not trying to beat the NFL, mm. but merely presenting it as an alternative yes. to the NFL, yeah. I think that it really speaks to your point of maybe trying to reach those smaller market mm. teams so that they can build their own type of brand. Yeah. And from what I've seen, and I did get a chance to watch a little bit of the XFL, and shout out to Brian Scholar. He said he's undefeated in XFL betting. So All for right. a lot of those betters out right, there, Brian. the XFL has given another opportunity go. for some action on the side. But one of the things that I really liked about the XFL or what they have done yeah. is that right after, like, I remember there was one guy, I don't even know what teams they were, but uh -huh. he had just gotten an interception, right? Mm. So you know how you're hype. You're like, ah, oh, getting back to the sideline. <laughs> it was within seconds the, the telecast brought it to a reporter that got right to the guy. Now she's interviewing and saying, so how do you feel right after that interception? Are you serious? Yeah. That yeah. Wow, so they're, they're like right up there. Wow. Okay. So it's like right after something happens, now you have somebody that's mm. interviewing that. So now that you see us as media guys and you don't ha we don't have that accessibility in mm. the NFL, do you think that that's something that maybe the NFL could adopt is maybe those you know reporters reporting yeah, right so, after a play? So, um we talk about it all the time, right? Like, we're media guys and we like access, but at the same time, you know, I also have respect for the players and what they're doing and what's best for them. Yeah. Um, I know some people, you know that. Some yeah. people in our industry don't look at it like that, you know? They're just trying to screw over the next guy and they're get the pushy. story out. Yeah. Whatever helps them, right? But um, I can totally see it as a way where it's great for entertainment. Yeah. But I think in the NFL, it's just you can't do it because situations like that, is when a player is at his most emotional standpoint in a game. Yeah. So he's coming off a high emotional moment, and I don't. I just don't think like things that you would get out of a player during that time on TV. He could say anything. Like, yeah. He's so hyped. That's like when you go into the gym and you just did your your set and you're freaking hyped, mm -hmm. and you're like, "Don't ask, this is a bad time to talk to Bob, or this is a bad time to talk to Barry because I don't even know what I'm going through right now. Like my body is so freaking hyped. I like I could say anything. Like after I strike, and I'm like, "Let's go." Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. one wanted. No one wants to hear the things that are coming out of my mouth right there. And yeah. I, if I was a player, I wouldn't want to have to worry about holding myself back in front of a TV, you know, caster, and think twice about what I'm saying. Yeah. Because especially with everything going on nowadays, they'll get you for the next thing. They'll they'll turn you into whatever the hell they want you to turn you into. So. I mean, look at Marcus Morris. He actually, I mean, he was on the Knicks, and I mean, he was upset about something that happened yeah. with a scuffle with Jamison Crowder, yeah. and now all of a sudden you're calling, you're saying misogynistic things, like yeah. saying that he's playing like a female right. in the heart of the Me Too right, movement, right, exactly. and now you get yourself traded. Exactly. You know? And, and so, we know he's not, you know, we know it's not meant like, you know, but that's the problem. And um, and then you look at the closest thing to it we probably had was the Sherman interview. Which, oh, which yeah. The, and then look what everyone knows what happened then. Oh, man. He was... <laughs> I mean, Yo, man. That was probably the closest thing we had to something like that where he picked the guy off. Yeah. I mean, jeez. And I think that it, it's really cool also what the XFL is doing as far as putting in different rule changes. Like, mm. I think one of the other cool things that they do is after you score, you have the choice choice of either taking a one-point conversion, two-point conversion from further, or a three-point, which is the most. So, right. you know, I think that that's a, a cool little way of, you know, putting different wrinkles mm -hmm. into a game that we've seen a lot. Yeah. But, you know, I think that the XFL is something that 
We're just going to have to see how things go. But I'm kind of confident in their them being another season. I think that yeah, oh yeah. they have, their like you said, their own market. And they're tapping into a different realm where not really it's been touched that much, mm. you know? Yeah. And, do you remember that used to have arena football? I feel yeah. like that's the only thing that kind of... Yeah, and that's not, and that's not football. That's not like, you yeah. know, that's not what our football that we're used to is. Um, and it's so much more in high scoring. Yeah. But like this, no, this is something, and it's good because... Um, I've always I've said it for a long time that the NFL, as much as I'm not saying I'm confident in it lasting, mm-hmm. the NFL this this is good for the NFL. The NFL shouldn't be looking down. If you're the NFL, you shouldn't be looking down at the XFL or the AAFL mm-hmm. because this is almost like your minor leagues, which yeah. is something that the NFL really doesn't have a good feeder like, feel of. And yeah. I've been saying that for a long time, and that that goes back to the whole quarterback thing where they don't have this time that, to grow these players because everything's right on the team. You go right to the team in the NFL. That's why the NFL drafts, like, for me, it's the most important one because the guy you're drafting is going to be on the team next year, and he's going to be playing in the, in the actual game. Yeah, you're going to have and, to pay and him, In other too. sports, you don't see that, really. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're, like, one of the top few picks in hockey, you, you're probably not really on the team the, the next year playing or skating. MLB, yeah. it's the same way. You got that farm system. You grow players. People get traded that you never heard of, and then yeah. you're like, oh, crap, this guy was a freaking high draft pick, and... NFL doesn't really – they have a 10- or 12-man practice squad. I don't even know what it is at this point, <coughs> but um, offhand. But that's what they have. They, they keep a few guys on the, on the practice squad throughout the year, let them practice with the team. But, you know, they don't really have a league where these players get to be seen and put themselves out there every week. Now, Peep, this wrinkle, the, this is the last one I want to talk about with the XFL. But now think about it in this time, right? So now if, if you're – say you're the Chicago Bears or something, hmm. right? Yeah. And you have a wide receiver that goes down, mm. you have to try and look and maybe pick up a guy off the street or someone off your practice right. squad. In the XFL, they have a whole team of pool of players mm. that contain and stay and maintain and get ready so that if something happens, then you pick mm. from that pool of player. What right. do you think of that idea? I like it. I mean, for the XFL, I like it. For the NFL, I think there's just there's so many good players on other rosters. Yeah. And it's just the way that a roster is built, like – you know, I've said it with Miami. I think you pick up a Miami running back, you're going to be fine. And I've been proving that right over and over as much oh, yeah. as many people have. You know, you're a boy, Damian Williams. I've told people that they, he was going to be the guy who wins the Super Bowl. So Show, Shown not to be better than Kenyon Drake. But you find <laughs> but you find out. And Drake did not bad, bad either. But, I mean, my point is, like, that team had so many running backs on the on the depth chart at one point. Yeah. If they dropped one, the guy was probably a decent starter for another team who was weak on running back. So, in the NFL, there's just so much talent. Mm-hmm. There's such a good talent pool that, you know, you don't necessarily need that because someone's roster probably has what you're looking for Yeah. Um, to fill that gap at least. But for the XFL, it's, it's, it's more about, I think it's great for players like Sean Oakman, yeah. for example. Uh, we covered him, when we were at Bleacher Report, I think they did a feature on him, and then he wound up having to go to jail because of that whole thing. Wow. And he, he was going to be a high draft pick. He was a freaking beast. You see this guy coming out of college? Look up pictures of Sean Oakman coming out of college from Baylor because that guy was an Animal. Dude, his jersey was like up to here, and it was just straight yeah, ripped, and shredded. it wasn't because yeah. he wore it tight purposely. The no, guy was a, the guy was a monster, <laughs> and then he went he wound up having his own problems and never made it to the league. But now's a chance for him because he's still young. Where that's a guy who NFL teams are definitely watching every weekend. Oh yeah, I can tell you that right now. And that's the thing. It's like 
you're now providing an opportunity for a lot of these guys that may not have that opportunity right. elsewhere. I mean, yeah, you have the CFL or you have, <laughs> you know, any. I mean, is there another league outside of the C- CFL? I mean, what <laughs> is your alternative route if you don't make the or the uh, arena yeah. football league? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. pretty much it. That's what it's become. Now, I guess, you know, before we close it out, because. You know, I definitely want to thank you for coming here on this show, Bobby. Um, mm-hmm. Especially here on Valentine's Day, hey, we're gonna. I, I always make a way to stop by, right? Oh yeah, we're Come gonna, on. you know, go out later. We gotta decide which bar we want to hit up. Cause yeah. What, 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 what's your favorite beer right now? What's what's a beer that that you that you've had that you know maybe I should try? Go and look for. Oh man, I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty simple when it comes to beer, man. Um, ah, it depends what type of mood I'm in. Mm. I don't mind a blue moon once in a while. Really? Throw hey, shout off. out to blue moon. My mind, dad loves I that. Yeah, I don't mind that once in a while to throw things off, but I usually stick to like bud once in a while. Nice cold. Nothing beats like a nice cold hard bud. Like mm. if, it, if it's served cold and it's right. I, I'll agree with you on that. Only and, and a lot of the times when I go to the bowling alley, I'll usually go with like a Corona. Mm. But what I did, you know. Uh, just to try and a little bit budget balling on a budget is <laughs> I've been going with the Budweiser and mm. I, I, I definitely have to say that I go with the Budweiser over a Bud Light mm. just because it, it does have that little bit just, little like bit that of, classic mm, taste of, you know what I'm saying it's like one of the first beers yeah. you had growing up you know so yeah, I mean, you gotta stick with Budweiser I'm a sweet guy too so I don't mind the ciders once in a while either. ciders see now that's ciders are a little that's different that's the thing man I don't mind it I'm not one of those guys who's gonna be a hard ass I'm gonna tell you I need, I'm drinking all hard liquor all the time man I, th- I don't mind it once in a while. <laughs> I think I have, uh, I've been a little bit um, traumatized by the, uh, how could I say? I've been a little bit traumatized by the the apple ciders because I think it was like a couple years back, I had gotten that. And You're I, not going to give me a horror story and I'm going to hate it now, right? Like, I don't, don't know. Don't do that. <laughs> well, I, I was mixing it with uh, Fireball and I would I'd put the Fireball yes, in the egg. It's called an Angry Ball. Bro, it's great. I that made it. that made me miss the Super Bowl when they didn't throw <laughs> when they didn't th- <laughs> when <laughs> yo no I, way. bro I must have slammed maybe four or five I don't even know how many of them, maybe oh. a whole six pack but every time we were putting the fireball in there and those no angry way. balls killed me bro, man dude. so I remember waking up. And I was like, yo, the Super Bowl. My dad's like, Super Bowl's over, man. (laughs) (laughs) I was done, man. Dude, but on our Facebook live stream, I don't know if you've had these beers before, but my boy Brian Scholar said Pacifico. I love Pacifico. Maybe we'll have to try that. We'll have to try that. And then my boy Jeffrey Farrell said Founder. So I don't Ah, know if you have Founder. Keep them coming. I love to have all. We'll go through them all. Yeah, yeah. We'll go through them all. Put put your beer suggestions in that Facebook live stream, and we're going to try them out at the bar tonight. We're going to try all those out. Yeah, we're drinking. (laughs) We're we're, we're single tonight. Well, not tonight, but we're single, all right? So we're doing what we want. We're doing what we want right now. But, um,. But yeah, man, I definitely want to thank you for coming out here on the show. Um, you know, I always appreciate you know our time, and I know that you know it, it's tough for us working for a small market uh, corporation yeah. or whatever publication because we don't exactly get the coverage or we don't get those mm. you know consistency yeah. of the credentials, right? Yeah. So, I think my question to you in our in our last bit mm. that I want to. Um, you know, kind of extend for a lot of people yeah. out there. Yeah. I don't know how much you get this question Let's of, it. but 
Um, a lot of people, when they ask me about what I do in the sports, yeah. you know, the first question I feel like a lot of them ask is, is like, how do you get into that? Or yeah. like, what's the best yeah. way? Or how do you start? Or yeah. like, you know, how did you get to that point? So right. I guess like for a lot of the viewers out there in parting, like, what's your best advice to someone that's sitting on the couch and they're mm -hmm. saying, hey, I could do that. I could be Stephen A. Smith. Like, what is your suggestion? Or how do you feel like someone should start if they want to get into sports media? Do it. I mean, like, why not? Mm. So here's the like, the, like here's the thing. Um, I say it in a way, and I tell I have people. I meet people at the bar all the time who run into me, and they find out what I do, and they ask me like, "Oh, my kid wants to do that," you know. And I look at it like I want to help you because I was in the same position not too long ago, like seven years ago, when I was that kid trying to find a way and talk to whoever had the connect closest connection. Damn, it's been seven years yeah, for us, man. Sheesh. I know, man. It's, I feel old. I'm gonna. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeez, Walk around look, the cane soon. Damn, man. Uh, we were fresh out of college doing that, man. Yeah. So, you know, I would just say for the people out there that are trying to do this, whether it's you're doing editing like I am on the video side or the on-air type of stuff like you're doing, you know, it might be different. But I always told people, grind. You have to be willing to grind one. And people will tell you, listen, don't put yourself out there for free. Do. Yeah. You got to put yourself out there for free. But you... Get got to get to a point where you don't put yourself out there for free. And you know me, I've done that for a while, and then I stopped doing it because I got to a point where now I can charge money for it. Because we have but value. You, you have to start doing things where if someone gives you an opportunity, listen, I got I got Senior Bowl credentials. Yeah. God didn't want to. God didn't pay me to go down to the Senior Bowl. I got in my truck with my best friend that does the cult stuff, and uh, we drove down 20 hours straight to Mobile, Alabama. No lie, guys, it just happened. And I was like, listen, I don't get it. No one gets a chance to just watch Senior Bowl live from the field. Not every day. So that's an opportunity you got to take. You got to take it. You got to find a way to fund yourself. Sometimes you do it all yeah. the time, buying all these things, and you got to put yourself out there. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Vern's not giving us trade tickets to go to go cover the Garden, Hell you know, no. cover the Knicks. But he it, is giving you a chance to cover the Knicks. And that's the thing. It's like when we have those options or you're presenting that, you have to take advantage of that. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that you said. Mm -hmm. And especially for me, when I was so afraid of starting this podcast, you know, I was afraid of failing. And one of the things that, you know, my mentor said, you know, v Vincent Davis, yeah, you know, yeah, he our, just said, you got a good friend. Yeah, man. And I love he, he and he mm. was able to take me to a playoff Yankee game, you know, and that was really awesome. I, 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 I'll remember that for the rest of my life. But the thing is, it's like these options or these opportunities get presented to you and yeah. you have to be have your eyes open and have everything ready mm -hmm. to be able to take advantage of that. And in that same realm, he told me that, you know, you have to create content. You have to keep mm -hmm. pushing content. Mm -hmm. And when I did my research, like I said, a lot of people said that the reason why podcasts fail mm -hmm. is because there's no consistency. Yeah. So, you know, in that same, you know, realm of what you said as far as grinding, yeah. my advice is just keep creating content and, you know, just try and put your foot out there, your best foot mm -hmm. out there, because you don't know who is listening. Right. Each time we create these episodes, I mean, we don't know who's going to be listening on YouTube. You don't know who's going to be listening yep. on Spotify. You don't know who's going to listen on Google uh, Podcasts. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, I had a guy in the bowling alley <laughs> that, you know, runs our pots. That's a really awesome guy. And his wife is really awesome, too. And she runs the pots. And we have beers afterwards. And talk about my podcast, you know? Yeah. And that's so awesome to me. And it's like, when you have people 
And like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, you have to appreciate the, your support systems out there that yeah. help you to be your best version. And, and that's why this episode is so important because, you know, for in the sports realm or that sports media industry, aside from maybe a, a mentor or two, we don't have too many people that we can talk to like mm. that. And for me, you know, you've been someone that I've worked with for like six, seven years <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we've learned together how to be professionals at this, yeah. man. So, you know, I definitely want to thank you as always for being there for me. Mm. Thank you for coming here on the show. And just thank you for being hey, here, Bobby. Man. You're the man, oh, dog. You know that, for real. You know, and as we close this out, Definitely want to give a big shout out to our sponsors out there. VW Liquors, located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey. We got to do this for Dave at the end of the show. You ready? Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. All right, yes. We got spring training coming up soon, so I can't wait. Um, Definitely want to give a special shout out to our sponsors at Executive Bar and Restaurant, located in 30 Menu Street, Carteret, New Jersey. And then finally... He had a birthday uh, last week. Want to give a big shout out. It's the year of the rat, he said. But <laughs> shout out to my boy, Cody Bromley at 91s.com. Giving out the best acid wash apparel in the game. Me and Bobby have some very important stuff to do here on Valentine's Day. <laughs> We're going to get well acquainted with some beers with our yeah. names on it. I got to get one out of the fridge so we can start pre-gaming. But, uh, you know, everyone out there tuned in, especially Kafense Bud, he says, good stuff, man, and good advice. Thank you so much, bro. My boy Jesse DeVento, Cheddar Bob, I love you, brother. You're, you're the man. Um, I, I, I'm just so grateful that each week, and especially on a day like, you know, Valentine's Day where a lot of people are out there with their significant yeah, others. Yeah. We had so many people here on the Facebook live stream that just yeah. want to listen to, you know, a little conversation. Hey, you know, buds, sometimes, sometimes Valentine's Day is just gets way over people's heads. You no, know my advice is, you got yourself a girlfriend, you got some significant other, why don't you take care of them the rest of the year? And then you don't have to worry about so much all these people. I, I'm not kidding you. Seriously, I'm going to close on this. Okay. I was driving past CVS to get myself a red before I came here and you have no idea how many people are last minute Valentine's Day shopping it don't mean that much at that point in my opinion man like just you should have had an idea it. before that you don't know? just get the card Listen, the flowers should have been set and ready to be delivered like a week ago <laughs> all right so we know Remember that, that. so we don't see this is see this is why Bobby has the swag this is why he has all the female photographers going <laughs> crazy aside from him pulling the guns out right hey. but um definitely my parting advice also on Valentine's Day that Savion Gaynor told me, remember, you're still wavy, all right? That's right. Even though you might be single out there, you're still wavy, all right? Our name is Barry Holmes. This is the Talk That Talk show. We got my boy Bobby O'Hara here. He had an excellent episode. Oh, man, thank you so much for everybody listening in, tuned in. My name is Barry Holmes. I'm going to get this edited out to you. Check it out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and like on YouTube, and we are out of here. All right. <laughs>